A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. The Australian federal election is coming up on Saturday the 18th of May. And to preview that, I'm joined by Sebastian Hassett. He is an Australian journalist based in Adelaide, was born in Melbourne and lived in Sydney, worked for Fairfax Media. Sebastian, welcome to Money FM. Well, thank you very much for having me, Jason. It's an absolute pleasure to be here alongside yourself, a, a true legend and an icon of uh, Southeast Asian media. Ah, thanks so much, Sebastian. But let's focus on our country. You know, you're a fellow Aussie <laughs> like I am. It's a very important election for Australia. We've seen many prime ministers. I think we've seen six since 2010. And there are a lot of issues at stake. Give us the overview. Yeah, look, it's an incredibly interesting time in Australia, mostly because of that instability that you talk about. Politically, the, the country is in, a, in an interesting phase. I mean, we look at what's been happening around the world. We look at what's been happening in the US, uh, look at you know, what's been happening in the UK, where Australia tends to draw its sort of political inspiration and lead from. And if you look at those two places and what's been happening there, I mean, the guide that that gives us is really fractured. And I think that is why so many people looking uh, looking at this election in Australia really, I mean, there's a lot of guesswork taking place. Um, there seems to be a broad assumption uh, that the challenger, Bill Shorten from Labor, will get up. Um, but one thing we know for sure from those overseas examples is that trying to predict elections and exactly what will drive them is fraught with danger. And I think that is also true of Australia. Yeah, Scott Morrison is the current prime minister. Of course, he came to power after an election uh, spill or a bit of a infighting within that um, Liberal uh, National Party coalition. And he is uh, really on pretty shaky ground because a lot of Australians, the polls show they're not happy, they're struggling financially. So what does Scott Morrison need to do to, to win the election on the 18th of May? Oh, boy, pull some rabbits out of a hat. He's just uh, had his federal bu- budget and uh, in that, he more or less made a, a big play to say that he'd be reducing taxes, trying to sort of appeal to this mythical middle Australia, trying to uh, ease the squeeze, I think is, the, is the, the well-worn phrase coming out of Canberra these days. And that's been the real pitch about easing cost of living and um, addressing the things that have, have really driven up the price of living in Australia. Um, we know that wages in terms of real growth have not grown Um, all that much. We know that the economy is largely stagnant. What the Australian economy has, well, is now sort of dependent upon is the housing sector. We've had a a big slowdown in the resources sector, which drove the Australian economy forward dramatically um, in the early 2000s. That's been more replaced by this incredible investment that we've had in housing um, probably in the past decade. And that's reliant on population growth. Now, that has been continuing. That's been fueling the market. That's been actually keeping Australia's economy ticking over. However, one of the big issues, if not the biggest issue outside of cost of living, is immigration and not so much, um, I think, where people are coming from, but just the 
the the fact that Australia, to to a lot of people, feel that it's you know becoming the big cities are becoming overcrowded. Uh, we're seeing house prices go up, as I say, because there's just so many people coming in. It, take Melbourne for example; it is growing at an extraordinary rate. It's going to overtake Sydney in the next five years, which is just unthinkable if you think back uh, 15, 20 years ago. So, um, for a lot of people, they they perceive now whether it's true or not, it's a big mm-hmm. is, is a different issue. Yep. But the perception for a lot of Australians is that the cities are growing out of control. They want some control on that, yet they still want the economy to be ticking over. There's a real dichotomy there. Mm. And I don't think either party truly knows how to actually get the balance right. It's a really, really complex situation. Yeah, many Singaporeans familiar with the Australian housing market. It has been growing at a record rate, but cooled off in Sydney and Melbourne in the last uh, 18 months because of uh, tougher measures to get uh, loans through banks, so about a 10% drop. But let's talk about Bill Shorten. He is the man that hopes to be Prime Minister from the Labor Party, and it wasn't so long ago, Sebastian, that the Labor Party was in disarray, uh, but now they seem to be more stable. Uh, Bill Shorten is from Melbourne, like you mm-hmm. are. Uh, what would he provide as a Prime Minister? Well, interestingly, we talk about instability in Australian politics, and that has been <laughs> the one constant, hasn't mm, it? Definitely. Uh, in this past decade. Has After been... the stability of John Howard, who was uh, Prime Minister for more than a decade. That's right. And, and really, ever since then, it's been absolute turmoil um, from one crisis to another on both sides of the chamber. And that, um, I think, really has irritated Australians because in in that absence of true leadership, uh, the country has floundered. There's no doubt about that. And one thing I think that Bill Shorten can hang his hat on is that he went very close in the last election. He pushed Malcolm Turnbull all the way. Um, he's and that was before Malcolm Turnbull was dislodged by uh, Scott Morrison. Exactly in, in right. So, so the interesting thing is he's now actually been in opposition as the leader for five years. And that's actually quite a long time. It's pretty rare to see a, uh, a leader lose an election but keep his job. It's, very, it's quite rare to see. He has maintained his job. He's kept the momentum going. Um, there are still some people, I think, who aren't terribly keen on his persona. He's not and, much the most charisma, has he? Yeah, and, and I think that if you look at the way that Scott Morrison has been positioning himself from a marketing perspective, he's been saying... You vote for, for Liberal, you get me. Mm. They're almost saying I'm a likeable mm. guy. If you vote for Labor, well, you'll be stuck with Bill Shorten and he's not a mm. likeable guy. I don't quite see it quite like that. I, I think Bill Shorten has a tremendous amount to offer. He's a very well-educated guy. Um, he spent a lot of time in the union movement, which is a, a controversial aside for some people in Australia. But I think he's got a reasonably good grasp of the issues that do affect ordinary Australians. And that consistency um, that he's shown, I think, in five years, years in opposition, uh, places him well to actually lead the country well. And I think that if he is elected, we will see an end to this chaotic, uh, divisive fracturing in Australian politics. And I would expect that he would he will not be toppled. And I think that within the Labor Party, they recognise what happened in the Julia Gillard, Kevin Rudd back and forth can never happen again. It did too much damage to their brand. And now we're seeing that kind of damage being inflicted on the Liberals who are suffering exactly the same thing. We're previewing the 2019 Australian election with Sebastian Hassett, a journalist visiting Singapore. And let's talk about some of the maybe issues around Bill Shorten's Labor Party with the 
uh, taxes because many Singaporeans would be familiar with some of the high taxes in Australia, income tax and capital gains tax. And, and to raise revenue, Bill Shorten's been quite open about some of the taxes he may introduce around negative gear, taking away mm. negative gearing, mm-hmm. you know, fully franked bank shares uh, yep. being taken away. And that's how many older Australians are making their, their money. So how much is this a disadvantage for him? It certainly uh, has been an issue. Uh, there has been some protest about it. Um, but at some point, there there has to probably be some sort of wealth redistribution in Australia that is a little bit more equitable. Um, I think that a certain bracket of Australians at the, the pointier end, you might say, they've benefited consistently um, from the rules around taxation. Um, and that is something that probably had to be addressed because we don't want in Australia to create a have and have not economy. That would be detriment. That that's that is to to use a phrase that's overused. That that's un-Australian mm, to mine. Mm. It's it's a, a country that that needs to really strive to give everyone a chance. Um, we don't want, and I don't think it's wise for Australia to pursue an American style, Wild West style capitalism. Um, I don't think that's in Australia's DNA either. I think a, a fair go is much closer to what Australians want. Um, and we probably have started to see the, the seeds of that have and have not economy started to open up. So I, I think that even though there has been a bit of resistance, I mean, any change, Jason, as you well know, um, is is rarely received well by the market. But particularly, I think, with housing, um, some of the rules around negative gearing, um, and, and, and I'll put my hand up, I negatively gear a property that, that um, mm. I own as an investment. But I fully understand that for young Australians trying to achieve what they perceive to be the Australian dream, which is that you can get married, have a family, live in close proximity to services, particularly good schools, hospitals, and so on, it should be relatively affordable. It hasn't been, and if this is how possibly the market corrects itself, it may be something that those of us who negative gear just have to put up with. With uh, journalist Sebastian Hassett previewing the uh, 2018 Australian federal election on the 18th of May. What about some of the extreme nationalistic elements in Australian politics? A lot of people here in Singapore would know about Pauline Hanson, One Nation. Recently, there was a sting operation involving Al Jazeera and seeing um, you know One Nation lured into a a connection with the National Rifle Association from the US about money and trying to change gun laws. Where is Australia in terms of its nationalism and these right-wing parties as we go towards the election? Yeah, I think it's really important to establish what they are, which is really extreme right-wing. And rather than the centrist right-wing party, which is obviously the Liberal Party for those of your listeners who might not be super familiar. Um, They are really on the the, the far right of the spectrum and they have a very, very small following, but they do have a megaphone Mm. and they have been able to attract the media's attention because they are so outlandish and their views are so extreme and to some extent, um, they're so bizarre that they've been able to capture probably... more attention than than voters. Uh, and I think that that theme is something that we really should put on the table because th- these parties do not reflect the view of most Australians. And um, I would like to say to, to, to anyone listening out there in, in Southeast Asia, they, these are not 
the views of ordinary Australians. But aren't Australians moving more to the right? I think they are. I think think they most definitely are. I think that's a trend in global politics, Mm. though. And that seems... As as globalism occurs, I think that one of the pushbacks against globalism has been a little doubling down on nationalism because people want to feel part of something. They want to feel more connected to their national identity as a result of seeing the world become more unified. There is that sort of push-pull factor. I find that really interesting. Um, It's something that I notice everywhere. Australia is certainly not immune. And it's probably amplified in Australia because... It's an island country. And if you look at the way the media covers politics, it is really domesticated. Very rarely are discussions had about uh, issues abroad. They do happen, but they're often thought of as out of sight, out of mind. And I think that can foster some, uh, foster a little bit of this extreme nationalism. Um, It's very disappointing. I would like to see the media take a stronger role in really decrying it rather than giving them a platform. Um, I think they're, I think some of their ethics are deplorable. Um, unfortunately, yeah, they, we are seeing more and more of their voices. I hope um, that their impact in this election is minimal. I hope both of the major parties look to distance them, themselves from it. Um, but having, having said that, it, it's undeniable that when you uh, open any of the, the Australian major news websites these days, uh, the clickbait on there for, for these parties is, is quite exceptional. Well, finally, Sebastian, look into your crystal ball and tell us who you think is going to win the election, what's going to happen. Because last time it was very close to the, the coalition stayed in power with Malcolm Turnbull defeating Bill Shorten. But is Bill Shorten going to have his time now and defeat Scott Morrison on the 18th of May? Oh, the million-dollar question, isn't it, really? Um, and I've made a fool of myself predicting uh, elections after uh, 2016 in the US and, and, and Brexit as well. I got both of those badly wrong and promised well, I'd never... I think nev- a lot of people did, so I'd never give a, a prediction again. But since you've asked mm-hmm. so kindly, Jason, um, I think it's going to be pretty close, actually. I think it's. I think most people expect Labor to win, but I, I do think that even even though I think Labor will narrowly win, um, I think that it will be close because of what you say is this sort of shift to the right. I, I think there's a, a lot of people, I think the more vocal voices in Australia are typically on the left and I think there's a, a lot of people, a lot of conservative voters out there who aren't so vocal with their, with their views and I think it will be a pretty tight run race. I mean, we've seen... We, we probably saw in the Victorian state election a big landslide for Labor and that had alarm bells ringing in Canberra. That had everyone thinking that the, the national election would be, well, would be a cakewalk for Bill Shorten. Then came the New South Wales election uh, last month and the way that the Liberals fought back there to hold on and win really does set up, um, for the neutral observer anyway, an incredibly fascinating campaign coming up. Should be a cliffhanger. Our thanks to Sebastian Hassett previewing the Australian federal elections on the 18th of May 2019. Thank you, Sebastian. Thank you very much.